you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Damashek here. Before you check out this podcast, check out the Dave Damashek football program. James Jones, the wide receiver, and Mark Is took an eye breaking down all that's happening in free agency. Brock Osweiler and beyond on iTunes, NFL.com slash podcasts. The Around the NFL podcast would be a good fit for Chip Kelly's offense. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Uh, today is Friday, the end of the first week of free agency, guys. Great work. Mark's got a big old smile on his face, first time in a while, so that's good to see. I just thought it was funny that Dan patiently waiting for Greg and I to contribute anything after Wes's what up, Dan, and (laughs) hey, Dan, and we did nothing. We sat there and just left you hanging. It was not professional. Um, Just, yeah, work on it, guys. It's good for Dan to, you know, it shouldn't be the same thing every time. It shouldn't just be a routine, a robot, you talk now, you talk now. You know, it should just be organic. Ooh, more pro tips from the boss. Organic. Uh, yes. Your mentor. This is the Friday edition of the Around the NFL podcast, sponsored by no one. And uh, I'll throw it out there again. I heard, and guys, tell me if this doesn't uh, stick yeah, in our crawl. Stick in the crawl. Is this passed the smell test to you? I got a tweet um, earlier today that Bill Simmons, the uh, sports media giant who now has his own um, new website and he has a popular podcast that we know. Um, is on his most recent show, did a read for Slack. No. Quit Slack and sign up for Slack today. What have we? What do we need to do to get Slack as a sponsor where the sports guy gets it for nothing? That is absurd. Who's, whose head has to roll is the question. Yeah, the, the free agency news flying through the air, that's secondary. This Slack. Thank thing, you. This is front and center. It's a slight from Slack. It's a, well, it's a Slack slight. Yes. I, it's a thing. It's a Slack. It's a Slack slight from NFL media, which refuses to promote this show the way it should. Mm. Quit Slack and Slack. Sign up for around Slacking. the NFL today. I like promoters of NFL media. Anyway, so I'm that. If if I feel if it sounds like I'm a little bit down, it's not so much because Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't under contract yet. The Fitzpocalypse. The the the. <laughs> The Fitzpocalypse is here. The Slack news hit me pretty hard. Didn't you say that a listener got his entire corporation to use Slack because of this show? The entire company. I don't know know what else to say. Come on, Slack. Come at us. (laughs) Today's show is a good one. Another good one because, you know, sometimes in the offseason we'll have shows uh, where, um, you know, we'll have to kind of manufacture things to talk about because there's not a lot going on. During the first week of free agency, there is no shortage of stuff to talk about, and there is so much news about quarterbacks on the move that may be on the move that are heading elsewhere, that may head elsewhere. The the Cleveland Browns are a topic uh, that we have to get into, uh, Mark Sessler. So we will do a lot of news. We'll bring back the speed round. In our, and Brandon Behind the Glass, by the way, did, is that song that we played for the speed round on Wednesday's show, what is the name of that song? KPM underscore KPM underscore zero seven three one underscore zero one seven zero one. That's sad. Like imagine being ultra catchy. For the these are in house. We buy a library, uh, and you're allowed to use them at will without having to worry about anyone suing us. Someone actually though made that song. Can we hear the song real quick? Someone made this song. Someone sat in a studio or in their home, and they put together this music and it gets like a file name like you would name like a stock report why don't you name it real quick it might have been a roger roger goodell joint he's a big time <laughs> for this uh for this. i feel like this is like eight o'clock delight i like it eight o'clock delight yeah <laughs> by S- samson and the uh destroyers delilah samson and delilah 
Um, anyway, so we got a lot of news to get to. Uh, we will talk on some winners and losers of the first week of free agency. Uh, of course, we know everything and how all of this is going to play out all throughout the 2016 season. So we're allowed to definitively at this point, three days into free agency officially, say who's a winner and loser. That oh, we got it. Right. Oh, well, yeah. there's no question about that. And then we'll check in on the top 99 free agency list. If you haven't free agency problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but free agency ain't one. You're so happy with yourself right now. <laughs> there were no longer. I mean, there's no longer 99 free agents out there. But what we'll do, we'll check in on the scientists. There list. are total if you really, if we really needed. To. Okay. If you count McKenzie Bernadou. Yeah, it's time to check in. Like, who's the best of the remaining uh, players? So we'll do that before we go. So a lot to get to. And so without further ado, uh, Mr. Brendan McGinnis, who, by the way, um, lived up uh, to his word. He's a man of his word. His handshake is as good as oak. Is that the saying? What was the Jerry Maguire, um, Kush dad line? My my handshake is my bond. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, I love it here. Okay. I was thinking of the tombstone okay. line. Wyatt, no. you're an oak. He uh, Brandon lost a sandwich uh, proposition before last season. Came back after uh, being out of here for five months. Brought us some Jackson Market sandwiches. Good job, Brandon. Mine was delicious. Yes, as was mine. Greg, you didn't get one. I apparently was on Team Romo. It was a Romo versus Eli Manning. I definitely picked the wrong year to uh, back Tony Romo. Yeah, and may, we'll, we'll, we'll jump in on the sandwich thing a little later on the show. Uh, but let's do some news. Show me the money. <laughs> uh, yes, for those that are wondering, it, there's an, I have a, an idea uh, that um, after the Dean scream came back and was huge. Massive. You're Brandon, counting that as a victory. Brandon, you got to get, you know, if you want to get on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> thank you. Uh, you know, there is some buzz now. Some people are talking, oh, are you really going to bring back Show Me the Money? I don't show know yet. I don't know yet. We'll see. Well, it's been a big year for Cuba Gooding Jr. It is. Cuba is on fire. <laughs> a lot of people sitting on the edge of their seats waiting to see what you're going to do. Right. But I just want to make it clear that I am not officially, I have not announced I'm trying to bring back. <laughs> no. Talking about show me the money, Brandon. Show me the money. Are you? I'm just saying it's something. It's in the air. Yeah. Well, I will just say. I mean, the Dean scream you pulled from, like the deep wilderness. Show me the money. I mean, I right. feel like we hear that all the time. It's so bringing regular... it back may not be what you're. Well, I haven't doing. decided. It's yet. regularly used by like the D team on CBS football. <laughs> you know, after a touchdown, like. Like Tom Brenneman. <laughs> oh, show me the money. What a great touchdown. Wow. <laughs> Tom Brenneman could not have thought that he was going to be drive-by assassinated by Greg Rosenthal on today's show. Are you sure you pulled the Dean Scream out of the deep wilderness, or did you do some Google Analytics study and already saw it was on the uptick and decided nope. to ride that wave? The other way around, buddy. You're going to get All Dan right. to acknowledge the latter? I don't think so. Uh, let's do some news, and we'll start with Colin Kaepernick, uh, who is uh, the big domino now, I would say, in the NFL, uh, currently a San Francisco 49er as of the taping of this episode. And it, it does now pain me to think that we better get this episode out into the uh, wilderness and uh, before this trade goes down and blows up our news segment. So let's hurry up and finish the show, guys. Colin Kaepernick, still a member of the Niners. The Broncos are connected as a potential suitor. The Cleveland Browns are also an NFL media columnist Mike Silver reported Thursday that the Niners want a second-round pick for Kaepernick and the Broncos might be willing to part ways with a third-rounder. So, Greg, we'll start with you on this. Uh, your thoughts on the Kaepernick situation. What are the uh, chances that he's not in Denver by, let's say, this time next week? Mm. I think there's at least a 50-50 chance he's not in Denver because I think Cleveland is a real possibility here if you – read Michael Silver's column on Friday, it sounds to me like the 49ers in their never-ending effort to mess up Kaepernick's career would rather send him to Cleveland. That, they, that they'd be a little worried that Kaepernick's going to look like a great player and win some titles. And I think all things being equal, they'd, they'd be happy to send him to Cleveland instead of Denver. They also are putting out there, or at least this article from Silver's putting out there, that that the 49ers are comfortable keeping him. To me, that just sounds like leverage, that they, that they would be comfortable if they don't get the right amount. I think he's going to be on one of those two teams, but I don't know if it'll be in the next week. I, I could see it happening later in the month. 
I'll give it 24 hours. Whoa. Come on, what are we? What's that's the what hold we, up here? Well, that's what we heard on Wednesday. We came to work or, or Thursday morning. We said, "Oh, this this might be happening this morning." That's what I heard Thursday morning. It's been it's been a while later. It, also, in Silver's article, he said that the basically the Browns and 49ers have agreed to compensation. Yeah. But Kaepernick's agents have not agreed to what to a fair contract with the Browns yet. Uh, it sounded like the the Broncos and Kaepernick's agents actually made more more common ground on that end on the money it sounded like the broncos are ready to just pay kaepernick his current contract whereas the browns maybe aren't comfortable doing that. well and if you're denver you you know if you don't if you miss on kaepernick you're suddenly staring at a pretty depressing group of quarterbacks to chase including no offense own, to ryan fitzpatrick well, including the ones on their own roster because they traded for mark sanchez on friday no need to wait uh to bring that news out because it's a big part of this now they have someone on the team that can start at They can field a lineup. And they can field a lineup, and they're going to add one more, whether it's a high draft pick or cap. You could see them maybe. Just at least one. Or, or you could trade Sanchez back to Chip Kelly, another quarterback that knows the system. They got a conditional. They gave up a conditional seventh-round pick for Sanchez. That's a backup. Right. Oh, yeah. It's I'm the not, same exact trade that the Jets did with the Texans last year to get Fitzpatrick. I'm sure it can move up a little bit if, if he hits playing time in Santos. But – Listen, Mark Sanchez, that's a that's a decent backup. I don't I mean, I don't the wording you used on Fitzpatrick. I'm frankly surprised and relieved a little bit that Fitzpatrick isn't connected to the Broncos more than he is right now because he seems to me like he would be the most um, enticing fallback option for a team that doesn't necessarily need like a, a game-changing talent or a guy they have to fix in Colin Kaepernick. Fitzpatrick can go on that offense. He just showed what he, with the Jets that you put him with some good receivers and it, maybe at this stage of his career he can be an actually productive quarterback. He had 35 total touchdowns this year. So he's a, to me, he's like a good option out there that Denver is not doesn't seem interested in. Um, well, so, I think they'll be you know. very interested in him if if suddenly the Kaepernick thing doesn't well, work. He was that was mentioned today in the news that, you that there is of, some link between them. You got to think a scheme too, and does he is he the kind of quarterback Gary Kubiak wants? I don't know. He That's fits the Champ Gailey system pretty well. Are we sure he's better than Sanchez? Are we sure he's better than Kaepernick? No, I mean the the logic at this point last year would be Mark Sanchez is a better player than Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's what I'm saying. So things things change. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick in New York is a great fit, but the Jets have played this thing well. You know, one of the losers, if we're going winners and losers, I'll throw out a loser right now. It's Fitzpatrick in this free agency period because the Jets took a risk, and they said, we don't think anyone in Greg jumping all over the place on the show. No, why not? Yeah. It wasn't going to be one that I threw out. The Jets thought that no one in the NFL is going to see you as a starter. We'll even double down on that. No one's going to even see you as – as like a low level, like between backup and starter, and we're willing to stick at our price for you to go find that out. And he's gone out, and that's what he's found out. No one wants Fitzpatrick at the price he's asking for. I think there's a little too much uh, like uh, shade being thrown at Ryan Fitzpatrick, who had an amazing year last year, considering what we were expecting from him. And I just think he would have a better market than he has. And and I do agree, by the way. And the Jets have played this right. And that's uh, another news item: Robert Griffin III is flying to New York on Friday um, to visit with the Jets. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of, you know, um, newsroom drive-bys on me as I'm trying to actually write the news story. <laughs> Everyone with, like, wacky bits about Geno Smith and about, oh, how nervous are you, Dan? Oh, you must be really upset about this. It's like, everybody calm down. And um, then it got you upset. Can we? Eventually it did, and I'm upset right now. <laughs> I can relate to everything you're saying. It's just like, I'm trying to work here, guys. Um, but... RG3 is probably not going to be on the Jets. RG, This RG, is called due diligence. The, and, and the Jets. This is why it's funny because you keep talking yourself into this. You are using all the cliches. Due diligence, just kicking tires, man. So you not a big, nothing to see here. Well, no, what I was upset about was not with the Jets or this situation, but all these people in the newsroom trying to agitate me while I'm trying to work on a, a news story for NFL.com. So they're kind of two separate things. I, my P scales at about five and a half with Ryan Fitzpatrick it was right seven now. Seven and a half. Yeah, it lowered because I was thinking about it. Um, I've been thinking about it. I think I agree with you. I think the Jets are actually playing this smart. I, I get nervous that they're going to blow it because they're the Jets. But I think this is all still heading back towards Fitzpatrick at a, at a 
at a contract that the that is fair for the Jets and doesn't blow up their salary cap. But it is it's a little uh, I'm a little uneasy about it. Well, you've got. But I'm to not going to freak out about it. everybody's like, oh, Geno Smith keeps on getting thrown my way. It's like Geno Smith is not going to be their quarterback next year. That guy's in the past. He's in the rearview mirror. Well, the Jets are throwing it out there that he could be because you can you can read between the lines. They're at least using it for leverage. That well, they'd be comfortable going with the Jets are no, throwing well, every true, quarterback though. out there right now because they're all just throwing a bunch of guys at Fitzpatrick. Can't you see the headlines though? The big quarterback battle: RG Threno. <laughs> Gino I mean, see, versus RG3. There guess, we go. I guess these are funny jokes. I mean, I don't find any of them humorous. I mean, it's just like. <laughs> but you're not you're not mad about it. No, right? it's just like I wish people were funnier. That's all. <laughs> like if you're going to have bits. Do you know why Fitz, funny. Fitzpatrick's not getting the attention that you thought he would? Why? This is check all boxes season. The big cliche at the podium when you sign mm. free agents. This guy checks all the boxes. Fitzpatrick checks like two boxes. He's smart and he makes a few plays. But he's not prototypical size, doesn't have prototypical arm strength. He doesn't look like a quarterback. Nobody wants to sign him and put him out there as their like face of the franchise. Yeah, that's fair. And I don't think RG3 would be a good fit, by the way, at all. I, I don't think it's a serious thing, but I don't think RG3 would be – I'd probably talk myself into it if I had to in a big spot. But if he struggled in the spotlight in D.C., if he went up to New York and was, you know, his Instagram was on fire and he was just saying stupid things to the press and then started was not playing well, it could blow up real quick. What if you have to choose between RG3 and Brian Hoyer? Um, that could be what you're dealing probably with. Probably RG3 just because I want to have somebody with some upside. We, I mean, has there ever been a guy that was a, a locked like five quarterback in the history of uh, quarterbacking than Brian. Brian Hoyer is basically the hard five. He was basically what you thought you were getting with Fitzpatrick last year. Right. Well, Fitzpatrick was also supposed to be the backup quarterback last year. Things have changed since last year with Ryan Fitzpatrick is what I'm saying. And and, and we'll see. He should know that this is his best chance. A to make money. I don't think anyone's going to pay him more than we've heard. The Jets are maybe offering about 10 million a year, which is it's crazy that it's half as much as Sam Bradford, but it is what it is. He's not going to get it somewhere else. But I would be the only thing I agree that I think he'll be back with the Jets. But if I were you, the only thing I'd be worried about is the personal feelings and the competitiveness going into this, that he thinks the Jets don't really see him as a true starter because they'll look at what they're valuing and I'm going to screw them over and I'm just going to leave because I'm because I don't feel like I'm being treated fairly by this team. I'll go. To it's the- a very good possibility that if someone like Denver offers even a cent more, even less money that he would go to Denver because of the way this has played out. And here's the here's the last point I'll have on this. That would not be the end of the world either. As much as I would like Ryan Fitzpatrick back, the- I understand fully the big picture here that it's going to be very hard for Ryan, F- Ryan Fitzpatrick to ever be the guy he was even last year when they didn't make the playoffs with him anyway. So the Jets losing Ryan Fitzpatrick does not set back the organization forever. I just I would like him there, and if he's not going to be there, just don't don't stick me with Geno Smith. Well, the best thing don't, you have – Yeah, don't bang me. The best thing you have is in Mike McCagnan, a general manager, who is not going to overpay for a quarterback that might have had one good year. You don't want to tie this guy down. And I know Jets fans love Fitz right now, but the concept that he's going to go repeat that for another one or two seasons is very unlikely. Yeah, we could. You would take it hard. I like that you're starting to uh, talk yourself into it, too, that, that Fitzpatrick believes, because this was something that the Fitz, the Fitzpocalypse, what is it? The Fitzpocalypse. Fitzpocalypse. Like that. That, that was something you were deathly afraid of, and now you're seeing that it's possible. You're trying. It, to- I mean, it's at least somewhat possible. It's, like, it's not like it can't happen. Uh, but, you know, it really would not be the end of the world. Maybe Bryce Petty steps in and leads us to four Super Bowl titles. You'll never know. Hey, let's talk about somebody that's not going to lead any team to a Super Bowl title, or at least the Cleveland Browns. It's Johnny Manziel conversation time, Mark Sessler. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, this was a long time coming, and uh, I'm not going to get. I'm not going to criticize them, uh, although there was some criticism that it took this long. But three days into the new league year, that's when the, it came down that Manziel is out of town, released, uh, waived by the Browns after two seasons, eight starts, two victories, countless embarrassing off-the-field issues, um, and it ends, Mark, what is, uh, to me anyway, as a football fan, the the saddest saga uh, of the post-'99 Browns era, personally. Just the idea, because I'll never forget, 
being at the draft with you at Radio City Music Hall. There's the famous video of Sessler, and no one could have blamed you at the time, uh, being so excited and having kind of that look on your face. There's the uh, the other fan video on YouTube of that guy Phil crying in a bar because Manziel was drafted. That was where this he jolted the organization and made it feel like they were about to be an exciting, important part of the league. And it ended up being really not only just the failure and the fact that he wasn't somebody that could play or stay on the field, but also brought shame to the organization. Let's face it. Now it's over. Yeah, I mean, I I think one thing that Browns fans felt when Manziel was drafted, I'll speak for myself at least, was that Cleveland, even if they were a struggling team, they were going to be relevant. They were going to be in the news. They were going to get games on television and be fun because they had this lightning rod quarterback and, you know, it was always a roll of the dice. And looking back over the past two years, you'd have to say that almost none of the attention that Manziel earned had ever anything to do with on-field play. It was almost all exclusively off-the-field garbage and negative stuff. And so it did bring shame to the Browns. So it was absolutely the right decision. It's not at all surprising that it happened, you know, when it did. We knew it was coming. And, you know, we were talking this morning about, and it's a long list of the worst draft picks and the worst decisions Cleveland's made since 1999. It's impossible to compact that list. There's just so much content there. But Manziel, for me, is up near the top because of, you mentioned that draft night, just the way I felt, I think a lot of Browns fans did, the idea that there would be hope. And you're falling for the same thing over and over as a Browns fan. And this is probably one of the cruelest, you know, moments in it. But at the same time, good riddance. I hope he gets his life together. I'd love to know who made them take Manziel because whoever it was ruined careers. Was I it mean, the bum? Who knows? The personnel department. <laughs> like, that's um, not a joke. Wasn't the bum like didn't the make anybody the do anything. The personnel department whose job it is to make these decisions supposedly wanted Teddy Bridgewater, if you believe what, what you read. And so if that decision came from on high, that person basically ruined a lot of careers. You know, that decision helped ruin a lot of careers. Uh, like if it was, if Ray Farmer, for instance, did not want to take Johnny Manziel or Mike Pettin, which has been widely reported, did not want to take Johnny Manziel. Those guys' lives, their their one chance at their their dream job for the rest of their life was basically ruined by a decision that was out of their hands. Well, and I mean, I'm be, not saying that was the only thing no, that ruined the Browns, but that was a big part of it. You're absolutely right. It it body rocked the franchise and it set them back, you know, and all that business. But it might be Manziel's text to to uh, Dowell Loggins that night. That's what we've because, heard, yeah. Because basically that set the wheels in motion. I don't think it's a sure thing that they were going to go get him. They traded up to get him. I'm not sure that would have happened well, otherwise. And Connor Orr wrote a, a great um, eulogy piece on NFL.com when the news came out. And he in that article, he did cite that that was – the, that was kind of like the final marker when he saw that text and Haslam was told about it. Haslam was like, go get him. So, and again, just it's easy for people to, to bury the Browns now, but I, I was in Radio City. I remember the excitement in that building. That was by far of the drafts that I got to go cover the most buzz. I remember before the pick went down and the place was packed to the gills. It's probably why they're not there anymore. Part of the reason they just got too big for the event. But seeing Drake going up the stairs behind us and Drake had a song called Draft Day with Johnny Manziel's in the lyrics. Like he was the biggest deal out there and the Browns got sucked into that and it all blew up. I've had no qualms about criticizing the Browns for the three years of this podcast because they deserve it. Keep just start winning if you want to if you want to stop being criticized. But this feels like life throwing the last punch too hard. I, I don't know. I just feel like no no organization deserves this. Mm. Um. So Johnny Manziel out, and we'll see what's next for him. But I, uh, I mean, it would not be a surprise if we never see him again in the NFL. But uh, if he does resurface, we'll surely talk about him. Let's move on. Janaris Jenkins. Uh, just a quick note here. I found this to be interesting slash funny slash foreboding for the New York Giants. He is now the second highest paid cornerback in the league. We talked about that on uh, Wednesday show and about whether that was the right money to throw around. Uh, he had a, I believe it was a conference call with local reporters on Thursday, and he was asked what he can improve upon from his time in St. Louis now that he's in the Big Apple. And here's the quote, Wes, and I want your uh, I want I want your insight on this. Janoris Jenkins, just stop being lazy at the end of games or whatever. I we 
we talked about whether oh, we were no. going to. I, I understand it's funny. We talked about whether we were going to write about this on Thursday, and I considered it the lowest of the low hanging fruit, especially <laughs> without context. I think what he meant to say was. Context I, is overrated. I'm gambling for big plays at the end of the games instead of, like, being diligent about what I'm supposed to be doing, and he wouldn't be the first player to do that. But it comes off sounding much worse than I think he meant it to be. Well, he's known as a player that's not ultra consistent. So he's admitting that, too, that he gives up big plays, that he makes big plays. He's a good man cover corner, um, but his level was up and down. And that's kind of when you look at – not that pro football focus is the end-all, be-all. When you look at what Jenkins has done year after year, he's a guy that starts every game – and winds up being a solid but not exceptional cornerback because he's going to make some ones, he's going to give up some ones. And that's why his contract seemed a little wacky. If anything, this quote just sort of said to me, like, buckle up, I think Jenkins is going to make a lot of those gotcha headlines in New York, <laughs> whether it's fair or not. He's this, just gonna this, be- this is the dream team quote for the Giants. And to Wes's point here, he was asked to further explain his lazy comment, just relaxing, thinking about the ball not coming to my side and focusing more on the game. It's just a mind thing, easy to control. Uh, and playing on this level, some things are going to happen and you've got to improve, man. So, yeah, maybe it wasn't quite as glaring, but it sounds like he was saying when the ball's not coming to my side, I'm kind of checking out a little bit and I shouldn't be doing that. I mean, we just watched Brock Osweiler's press conference yesterday and he couldn't be more of a kind of smooth talking salesman about everything. And not all these players are trained to answer every question this way. And, you know, if you're going to go to New York, the one thing is you got to learn, you got to learn not to let these quotes come out of your mouth. Now, Mark Sessler is a big Brock Osweiler fan. That's becoming more and more clear as this week develops. He's become the biggest defender in the newsroom. Because he wrote a feature about him where Brock lied to his face for 10 minutes. <laughs> it is not just because of that. It's because he is getting attacked. You want to talk about our newsroom culture. It's like this guy's getting destroyed he by got, people. He got buried by the whole quadrant. <laughs> he really did, and I I will stick. Mark, I'll stick Mark up calling for him. him the ultimate straight shooter, a guy you know in a press conference. That's what you want your son to be like. Uh, but I did. Well, I didn't say that about. It. I said he was a smooth talking salesman. Right, That's actually, not a compliment. Actually. To that point, he had his press conference. Brock he was introduced yesterday. This let's play a little bit uh, of Brock Osweiler being very honest and speaking with the uh, press. Um, you know, I just want to start this thing off today by by thanking Mr. McNair and and the uh, entire McNair family, um, along with Rick Smith and, and Coach O'Brien for um, really just giving me this incredible opportunity to be a musician. Oh boy, it's a robot, bro. <laughs> I get it. All right. So the conceit is that he's just a uh, you know. Uh, on the microphone, he's Peyton Manning part two. I don't think he's a robot. Russell Wilson's a robot. Brock Osweiler is much more polished and smooth. He's Too try- polished. He's trying to sell you something. Yeah. yeah. The only the only thing I didn't like was just when you know they're asking him about, well, did it bother you at all that you're? Be- oh no, not at all. Oh, I'm just happy no. the opportunity. I and, wish you weren't alive. And you know, it's fine. You you can put out those answers or whatever, but then we can at least que- question that when we know them that they're not true. That's fair. I mean, he's so polished, though, that he probably knew that, you know, at the introductory press conference with the team that just opened up the floodgates money-wise to pay him, he's not going to start of course. crapping on the Broncos. Oh, John, he of was course. so great to me, and well, Peyton was amazing. It, right. it, it, you, well, you can – I mean, honestly, you can – there is a line between – you're not the submarining your former That's team. That's fine, but we guy, just talked. Also being somewhat human. We just talked about a quarterback that has done nothing right. That is the last guy in the building. That isn't working hard. By all by all estimations, people around Brock Osweiler said he's an incredibly hard worker, and you can have him as the face of the franchise. Maybe he's not giving you your hot take quote that's going to burn NFL.com to the ground, but he's not going to get you in trouble either. <laughs> right? I you want that? Like I don't. You got to be kidding me that you want him to start flaming no, people. It that's ultimately not doesn't matter. I don't want him to start be flaming. Human. Be, be human. Be human. That's all. Yeah, I, I know, but we said that about Peyton Manning. We he, said that about Peyton Manning. Yeah, he just he just seemed – and it doesn't really matter. I don't think your press conference performance makes one difference whether he's going to be a good player or not. Just watching it made me less likely to root for Brock Osweiler. By the that way, was, coming from yeah, Greg, who, feelings. like, you know, oozes over Patriots press conferences, this is extremely what precious. Do, what do I <laughs> Dan called Patriots. this press conference the worst 
and there have been many bad ones, the worst press conference in history. It that was just, is absurd. In, in terms of something that I would want to watch, it was hell. And this is no, and this is no shot against Lamar Miller, but like well, perhaps it is. He came on before Brock. Hold on, they brought Tony Bergstrom on before Brock. I missed Burgo. I was uh, I was getting lunch, <laughs> but I I checked in with Lamar, and Lamar was like. He, it was almost like he was reading from a hand guide of cliched answers. Anything he asked them, I'm just so grateful and blessed to have this opportunity. Well, the owner, no, GM, and coach were reading from the hand guide of platitudes. Well, it is, and then uh, Brock it, comes out. They are out. not paying these guys to come on and be press conference poets. They want Lamar Miller to rush for 1,200 yards. No, that, that's fair. Press we, conference poets. We're focusing that a little bit on the album. press conference when ultimately it doesn't matter. But it was just kind of funny watching Brock with the three-by-five <laughs> cards and then, then putting one to the side. And I would also like to thank – that he like changes the card. My family. Like, <laughs> oh, all right. That's I. I hear you. I mean, if you have a third son, Mark Brock. Is that the name? I think the one. Absolutely not. If anything, the one encouraging thing I think for the Texans is that he wanted to stick it to Denver and be out on his own and take a chance. He also said he wanted to play him in Week One. I like it. Wow, what an honest take. What a hot take by Brock Osweiler. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to continue to defend him because he's. it's not fair what's happening in here. I wish you weren't a liar. Uh, moving on, C.J. Anderson, who uh, was a teammate of Brock Osweiler with the defending Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos, has signed an offer sheet with the Miami Dolphins. The deal is worth over $18 million over four years per source involved with the deal. Rap sheet reports uh, the Broncos have five days to match this. Uh, they don't have a ton of uh, extra dough lying around, I guess, but maybe they do have more than than they intent the expected after the Osweiler uh, bombshell. Uh, so maybe C.J. Anderson's back, but uh, the Dolphins weren't the only team interested, Wes, in C.J. Anderson. Does this scream to you as a risky signing as well if he ends up with Miami or wherever? Not at all. He was, I thought, the AFC's best running back from November 1st through the postseason. And John Elway is one of the best general managers in the NFL. He could not have misplayed this more. Mm. All I, they had to do was spend $800,000 more to put a second-round tender on him and scare everyone away. I agree. I, mean, I think it's a nice signing. I yeah. like this. The Patriots do this, too. I like going after the RFAs because you can, especially if the team on the other end is cap-strapped, you can, you can front-load the contract, you can overpay for the guy up front and force the other team to not match it, and you'll get a good player, a player the other team wanted. I don't know why they put this tender on Anderson. Well, we, Wes and I were talking about it. Wes was very fascinated the first day he was back by this whole C.J. Anderson conversation, and my only thought was they must not want C.J. Anderson. They just Not much. Or, or really at all. I would think, but also because all the if reports they did want him, it, it was insane to not spend the extra. Wasn't it Gase that wasn't Maybe a huge they, fan? All the reports that we've seen it. in the past well, day or two was that Elway has said he will match any offer for C.J. Anderson. So that's so that's bizarre to me, and we've we've killed the Dolphins a little bit for some of their curious moves. But this is a move I really like. I'd rather have C.J. Anderson. Uh, than Lamar Miller, I would period, too. and I would definitely rather have him You'll be sorry. for the money than Lamar Miller. They're close. Anderson right. can play I, every down and carry the load. Lamar Miller, multiple coaches do it for a full season. It was telling, that's fair, though, but, but let's see Lamar Miller convert a third and short. Look All at right. the teams that were interested in C.J. Anderson right away. The, he was on a flight to the Bears. He's played for John Fox uh, before. Uh, before he changes his mind and goes goes to Miami. The Patriots were all over C.J. Anderson. I forget who the fourth team Chip was. Kelly. Chip Kelly and the 49ers. Were, you know, he had a lot of interest right away because I think he's a good player. And on Gase, though, it wasn't a Gase that called him fat. Chubby. Chubby. So, but point being, though, that he must have showed Gase enough after that to, to win him back over. Oh, yeah, they came the fat shaming, too. Just a little bit of That's tough right. love. It's unfair. Uh, in other um, Dolphins news, uh, former cornerback Brent Grimes released by the team – uh, after Byron Maxwell was acquired from the Eagles, has now signed uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Rand Getlin reports it's a two-year, $16.5 million deal. This came one day after a Bleacher Report report. See, you don't – see, this is a problem. You don't name your site Bleacher Report if in a lot of writing, whether it's aggregated content or whatever, a lot of, the, a lot of times the next word is reported. So I'm supposed to now say Bleacher Report reported? That's stupid. It's almost also, like Rappaport reported. I was going to say, I struggle Similar, in writing where Ian Rappaport reported. I mean, for heaven's sakes. Maybe we should have – what if – Can we have him maybe alter the – What if he just name? went by a rap sheet? He should. Like changed his 
NFL media that's really our rap sheet report. That's up to him, but it's a good suggestion. I'm just, you know, come on, Bleacher Report, come back to us is all I'm saying. But the report out there was that um, Miko Grimes, who I'm not going to say a bad thing about because daddy wants to live. I have Wise family. Uh, I have a young son that I love very much and a, a wonderful, beautiful wife. Uh, I will not say anything bad about Miko. Right? Well, well, you're referring to the tweet she sent about Armando Salguero, the Miami Herald reporter, that bullets are coming for him right. for his disrespect. But, hey, Armando's been updating people day after day. He's still living. Let me get back to that Bleacher Report report, by the way, that uh, three general managers uh, told Jason Cole that uh, they would not go near Brent Grimes, not because of his play, but because of his wife. A day later, he ends up with the Bucks. And uh, coinc- you're gonna say that he ends up dead. Wait, that's, <laughs> wait, that's ridiculous, though. <laughs> that they he got cut because of his wife. Isn't that, it, it, I don't think it has very little to nothing. Oh, I think it does. I, I don't know. I don't know. She's, Greg. A, he she's a handful. Last year, and, and he struggled last year, and he was making ten million dollars. Also, year. that locker room was a mess, partially because of his wife. Is Put she, it this way: I think he was getting cut either way. If none of that had happened, the, the yeah, very, the, very likely chances that he what Dan's cut. referring to is other people wanting to sign him, and that was right. it, that was an is, initiative. Well, is him? Byron Maxwell that much better than Brent Grimes? Don't they make like the same amount of money? Basically, he was Grimes was going to make nine or ten, and he's also five, five, four years older than Maxwell. I I don't think Grimes would have had much. Oh, so you got four years That's of a I'm subpar saying. Maxwell. That's what I'm saying. Hashtag, Get excited. Hashtag so narrative. Miko deleted her Twitter. Uh, not coincidentally, I would guess, but then used another Miami report. What a mess. Another Miami reporter to issue a statement where she like calls out, uh, you know, thumb thugs and people that were coming after her on social media. And that's why she deleted her Twitter. But she will be always in the picture, uh, uh, like it or not. Uh, She's back. Society. She was tweeting on Friday. That woman terrifies. Me. Also, by the way, I would not sign this guy for that very reason. You want to bring that into your house? So they needed a cornerback. I, I got to see the money. The base value is only 13. It might be just like a one-year, $5 million deal. We'll see. They also, by the way, while we're here, some breaking news, not not huge news. Yes. We're talking Bucks uh, value signings. They picked up Robert Ayers, three years, $21 million, who hmm. we had ranked as a top 35 Abba, player Abba. in free agency, a good pass rusher, and they were desperate to find some pass rushing. So I think they did a nice little job, kind of waiting for the market to die down and I think, by the way, Wes's um, issues with Miko Grimes tie into Wes's overall viewpoint with women. You want a woman you could somehow have reins uh, where you could somehow keep her under control. If if you can't control a woman, you don't want her in your life. Yes, could not be more untrue. That's true. I need a pistol. I need a firecracker. If she's not willing to put up a little bit of fight, then come on. But this is a bucking Bronco. This is no. This is a crazy person. She. She criticized the quarterback all season in Miami. How are you going to do that publicly? She literally said that Grimes's boss uh, was swallowing. Uh, how do I even Be careful here? Say this. Well, whatever. I'll just stop there. Yeah, she was making some, piece se- it together. some sexual allusions to way to finesse your way out of that situation, Greg. How about A true we, broadcaster, uh, Greg? How about we move on before she starts throwing shade at us over here? All right. That would be fun. We'd love to have you, Miko, on the show. By the way. Uh, she literally a had a radio show, by the way, or at least a regular like hour that oh she my did. God. Sure, that was entertaining. Uh, finally, in the news, uh, Sam Bradford, of course, under contract with the Eagles, as is Chase Daniel. A lot of money being pumped into the position by the Eagles. Doug Peterson said in a press conference uh, on Thursday, quote, Sam Bradford is the number one, Chase Daniel is the number two, and we're working on the number three. And the coach laughed off the notion, says Mark Sessler in our write-up, that Philly would trade Bradford, saying Sam's our number one. We're not entertaining any offers. Uh, do we believe it? I'm not sure. Call I BS. Be- I'm not sure I believe any of it, but I think at this stage right now that, yeah, they're comfortable with that situation. And Daniel certainly has – it. the last quote in that article, if you go read it. Chase Montana? Chase Daniel has an opportunity to win this job, I think, if he if he plays better during the lead up to the season. There's no question. Sam Bradford will get the first snap in the first pre in the first uh, off season practice, and from there we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I would I would expect he would be the week one starter too, but I think it just he can definitely play himself out of this job. Yeah, one thing whenever you he inherited Sam Bradford, and they didn't have to re-sign him. That's fine. But Chase Daniel, he talked about Chase Daniel saying 
that they got along, they clicked from the minute they met, and that Chase Daniel reminds him of himself. Well, which is I just I think that's important. Which is to, good and to bad. Factor. I mean, Doug Peterson was never a good NFL player. I'm not saying they're Starter. equivalent players. I get what you're saying, Greg, but it's like it's you know I, Daniel to me feels like the sneaky like ten game starter of these two. Well, it's it's not sneaky. He has now appeared in a record 19 straight around the NFL podcast. Way to go, Chase Montana. <laughs> to the speed round. Chris Hogan to sign an offer sheet with the Patriots. Greg, thus ensuring he'll go from a guy hanging on to the bottom of the Dolphins roster on hard knocks to 112 catches. You put Amendola, Welker. Oh, no, wait. It's not Welker. Oh, you God. put Amendola and Edelman and them all together. You can't tell who they are. You're not going to know who to guard. We all bleed red, Greg. Jermaine Curse and the Seahawks agree to a three-year deal. Curse back. Wes, what do you think about him? Said he would not take a hometown discount, then proceeded to take a hometown discount. The market told him to. <laughs> Marvin Jones got a five-year, $40 million deal with the Lions. His teammate, Mohamed Sanu, gets a five-year deal with $32.5 million with the Falcons. Mark, is he a good second banana to Julio Jones? I think he's a fine third receiver, maybe even fourth. This is a shocking contract. I like 8 o'clock sunshine. What a song. Titans land Rashard Matthews with a three-year deal. This is an underrated signing, isn't it, Greg? No, I'm not really on. Big the Titans boring West, forever. West disagrees, though. He likes him. West I like Rashard Matthews. Okay, uh, great headline written by the old Zeus or Heath relief colon Steelers get tight end Ladarius Green. I love this move. This. What's this doing in the speed round? That's true. We this should, should be up here in the talk about it for two minutes. We, oh, we should have moved it what up. Threads the field. Who's going to stop the Steelers this year? Nobody. Making the leap candidate. We already did it. We blew our load. Let's do it again. The Bengals and Adam Jones agree to a three-year deal. Pac-Man, I'm just happy because he if he would have ended up in Miami like people were saying, it would have been all over. This is the upset contract of free agency. $8 million a year for Pac-Man Jones while Reggie Nelson and Leon Hall are unsigned. Upset that he's he's in the speed round for two straight podcasts. How much time do we have left, Randy? <laughs> Halfway. Wait, really? Ooh. He was there last. That's right. Ooh, let's stretch We might have legs. time to get back to Ladarius Green. That's a good point. Co- Dan didn't even notice that, by the way. Adam Jones was in it last time, too. Who cares? Kobe Fleener agrees to a five-year, $36 million deal with the Saints. This deal, more than any other deal, jumped out to me as insane. Kobe Fleener got a $36 million deal. Well, I mean, I think this podcast is more on the Dwayne Allen boat than they are the Kobe Fleener. I don't know what Kobe Fleener is doing with his hair, by the way. Dude looks like a lady. Uh, Sierra and Russell Wilson are engaged. One of the more embarrassing Instagram videos of all time posted by Russell Wilson, flashing a gaudy $7 million Mario Williams special ring. They are married. That means they get to do it soon, Chris Wessling. Also causing sports writers the most unfunniest gaggle of humans alive to make jokes all day on Twitter. It was a terrible 25, 30 minutes on Twitter where every single person had to issue their ridiculous bit. Let's go back to Ladarius Green. Wes, is it crazy to think that he is a fantasy monster in 2016? Well, there are a lot of mouths to feed, but that's not crazy at all. He's 6'6", so he's good in the red zone, also stretches the field. Faster than Plaxico Burris. This guy runs a 4-5-3. Phillip Rivers said he was the fastest player on the Chargers offense. Speed round complete. Mm. We should do the whole show. <laughs> Speed round. I kind of like Speed it. Round. We'll be out of here real quick. We'll get to the same amount of news. Oh, so it's not 8 o'clock sunshine. Oh, what is it? 8 o'clock delight. 8 o'clock delight, excuse <laughs> me. Do you all want to have a disco Monday where we can just do all that? Um, ask Wes and Mark. I want to have a disco Monday in my life for sure. I mean, they were around for the era, so I, <laughs> I can't, I can't speak to it. That is patently false. <laughs> I mean, we were alive. Yeah, I mean, Dan, please. Oh, also, uh, this kind of. Yeah, how were the seventies, Mark? <laughs> I don't remember. I've, I've they were in almost no memory, but I, you know, a lot of tricycles. Had some memories. It was a delightful era. Baseball uh, cards and tricycles and shrinky dinks. One last yeah, note. Yeah, it wasn't Russell Wilson on Twitter. Prince, Prince of Mukamara signed with the Jaguars. So he One year deal, heads right? from the Giants. It's it's weird. Janoris Jenkins and Prince of Mukamara, are they really like helping their teams win in a hugely different way? Probably not. And he probably just got one year, eight million, and Janoris Jenkins got a ton. I like that move. Also, Wes, apologies. Um you wanted to use this drop during the Kobe Fleener discussion. Um <laughs> uh, but we <laughs> West bringing back Aerosmith. Uh, I don't even like Aerosmith. However, uh, because we're already playing the the uh, eight o'clock delight, 
You can't double up on the. I got you. Yeah. Just no, I don't want you to think that because I like whenever you guys come to me with a new production element before a show, I always embrace it. That's just called producing, Dan. Part of the reason why I don't do it more is because I don't like the phrase production element. It sounds too corporate. And I, it just rattles my cage. Toby Fleener might come at you. That is uh, the most ridiculous night. reasoning for why you're be more I'm involved saying, with the show. I'm not saying it makes sense. I just hate the phrase production element. I'm like, just tell me to drop something. Okay, sound that makes show good. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing here? <laughs> All right, winners and losers of uh, the first. This almost feels ridiculous. Like, I want to burn the tape of this uh, because this is, gonna, this is a little bit. Premature on some level, but that's what we're here. This to is do. my favorite well, part of the show. Fun. Well, but you don't have to. Ne- I I took it a different way. You don't have to necessarily say a team. You could say a trend. Or okay, I like that. Like All right, so we'll, some winners and losers. It could be a team. It could be a player. It could be a trend, as the boss said. And we're going to start with Mark Sessler. Well, we don't have to speculate about guaranteed money. So my winner is Brock Osweiler because here's a guy that. Stunner. Well, I'm going to go there because of the money he's making. I'm not going to say that the Texans are a winner because we have no idea if two years from now he'll even be the starter. But the amount of cash he made for the amount of play that he has at the NFL level is stunning. And it just goes to show that being a quarterback at this point in our uh, world's history (laughs) is not a bad job assignment. Anybody have a thought on that? I I like that you're already backing off your Brock Osweiler love. Well, we don't even know. No, what I'm backing off is no. What I'm backing no. Hold on. What I'm backing off of is us saying teams have won because they signed player X. Half of these free agent deals, these guys are absolute busts two years from now. Right. Who was our number you, one dude but you're saying, two years ago? But you've been saying you like the move. You think he's going to be good. I do. If, but I do. But I'm not sitting starter, here promising it. If he's. Mike Wallace was our number one free agent a couple years ago, right? Yeah. Then who was after that? Uh, a little safety that went to the Saints. There we go. Jairus Bird. That's not that's not Brendan's fault because TD rolled in and took the attention of our producer away. Well, TD somehow from the grave blowing up the show. <laughs> there was a Jairus Bird. Jairus Bird. Jairus. Wes, give us a winner. The Oakland Raiders, Ooh. big winner. Two years ago, Mark Davis told Reggie McKenzie, look, I know you can deconstruct a roster. Mm. Let's see you reconstruct a roster. And what he did in 2014 draft, Derek Carr and Khalil Mack, the difference between the Raiders and the Browns right now is the Browns can't lure anybody right now. Mm-hmm. And it's also the difference between the Raiders two years ago when they signed a bunch of crappy free agents over the hill and we criticized Reggie McKenzie for it. Now he's got a, str- a roster strong enough to bring in three starters in the prime of their careers, Kelechi Assembly, Bruce Irvin, and uh, Sean Smith, a really good corner. And I'm starting to picture this team with Eric Weddle, who's still out there, and they need a safety, and Ezekiel Elliott in the draft. This could be your AFC West winner. This is, a, this is a franchise. Look, they, they play in the worst stadium in the league. They play on a baseball dirt infield, and they got three really good free agents to sign. I think the Broncos had a terrible week, not only because they lost Malik Jackson and Danny Trevathan and Osweiler, but because of the Raiders and because of the Chiefs, who I think had a sneaky good week in terms of keeping a really good defense together at a low, lower prices than you would have thought. They had Mitchell Schwartz, so I think it's going to be a better division next year. I will go with the winner, Howie Roseman. And this is something He's on my winners too, baby. Nice. It's something that's been carrying over since the combine where I sat slack jawed amazement watching him own and uh, just control that room and how he c- climbed through that river of S and came out clean on the other side. And not only has he been able to uh, improve his roster, his cap flexibility, and I don't know if the team's better, but he's what he's been able to do at this point is not only get rid of Chip Kelly's guy guys, but also send an FU to Chip Kelly and a very public FU to Chip, Chip Kelly. So he's making a, a statement against the guy that sent him to the archery shed in the Poconos. He's running the team the way he wants it, and nobody's bothering him. And to top it off on Friday, he traded Mark Sanchez. And I know he got a conditional draft pick back, so it's not anything we're going to – Yeah, we're not going to go crazy about it. He's getting something for all these guys when the rest of the league knows they, exactly. he doesn't want them. He has – essentially, it doesn't seem like he has any le- leverage, and he's still bringing back things to his team. Now, whether he could build this into something that's a, a play, playoff team next year remains to be seen however 
Howie Roseman's on top of the world, my friend. Well, and he plays right into one of my winners, and, and he's one of them. All the general managers that kept signing people before this free agency started, and I think Roseman did a better job of that mm. than anyone. Vinnie Curry, Zach Ertz, Malcolm Jenkins. You look at the deals they signed compared to what ended up happening on the market. He got great values. Everyone in Green Bay is killing Ted Thompson. Oh, why don't you sign a free agent? Why don't you sign a free agent? <laughs> Mike Daniels is a better player than Olivier Vernon and Malik Jackson, and you got him for four for 40 back in December because he had a forward-thinking general manager. Who else is a good good example for this one? I got to be some more. Well, Derek Wolf. John Elway did yeah. a good job with Derek Wolf. How about the Redskins and Kirk Cousins? I mean, you've got another year to find out what he is versus having if he had gone to market – a, he could be lost completely, or B, if the Redskins want to keep him, you got to pay him Brock Osweiler-type money. Uh, let's do a loser, Mark. A loser. Hmm. How about John Elway? I'm with you on I that. Think the I mean, I, I think we all view Elway as – I can't think of a better situation where a player went on to become a front office executive and has been more successful. Ozzie Newsome. Ozzie Newsome, fair enough. But we talked about benefit of the doubt, and he certainly deserves it, and he has more time to patch up some of what's happened. And part of it is a Super Bowl hangover where everyone's going to go get paid. We see that over and over. But what's happened to quarterback right now, I think they're in a tricky situation. And Elway, you know, he's, he's suddenly, and this has not been the case for a long time with him because he was bold enough, and this seems crazy that it seems like a bold move, but getting rid of Tebow when he did back then when the whole city was on fire with this guy and having the ability to lure in Peyton Manning, there is no Peyton Manning sitting out there right now. And so he's stuck like another handful of teams trying to get the best situation out of a pretty mundane crop of available quarterbacks, and they can't go get one in the draft up high necessarily. So Elway, is he said he wants this. He embraces the challenge. I believe it. But it's not been a good couple of days. If they get Kaepernick, all is forgiven on my end. Not that I think it'll definitely work out and not that it was their plan, but it's good for the fans. It's good for the entertainment of the league, and I'm I'm more excited to watch the Broncos on the first night of the year if they got Kaepernick. That seems like a fascinating uh, experiment. I will never uh, underestimate John Elway. Who would you rather have, by the way, Kaepernick and Mark Sanchez or old Peyton Manning and Brock Osweiler? Kaepernick. Kaepernick. So, but I don't think I don't, I, I don't feel strong about that at, at all. But I Sanchez's would. numbers are better than Osweiler's. Uh, Wes, give us a loser. Angelinos. Mm. Los Angelinos. Yeah, forget about this big splash. The Rams want to come to Los Angeles, make this big splash in the first uh, year, and be exciting. They are dead set on going seven and nine for the rest of their existence. They've been doing it for... Been, <laughs> they are started. dead set. They're proving it right now. They don't want another quarterback. Case Keenum, who is so tiny and so small, he's going to get hit in week three and be knocked out for the year, and he's not that good in the first place. Are you pulling a Sessler and wow. predicting an injury? You I'm just saying... I love Case Keenum. I like him as a guy at the end of the year when your starter's terrible, bring him in for some excitement. But Case Keenum, they can't be serious about him as the answer, but they actually are. They lose two of the best players in their secondary. They're not improved really in any area. I, they're already a 7-9 and nine team, and they're getting worse. Gave Mark Barron a lot of money. Let's. Uh, we can't talk around it any longer. A huge loser this week is the Cleveland Browns. Nobody wants to play for the Browns. And I don't know if – and not only does no one want to play – Colin Kaepernick does. Well, perhaps we'll see if that comes to fruition. But not only did the Browns lose all of their uh, free agents that they supposedly wanted to retain, there is – there's there's and at a time where Sashi is, is in the building and that led to the latest Sashi. round of hope, you have <laughs> now – Reports seeping out that the Browns aren't aren't negotiating in a proper way, and you have you have this buzz on the street that everyone looks at the Browns as a college uh, type atmosphere. You spent four years there and get out, and you have you know the just finally Manziel, the ugliness is finally away. But you had that hanging over this week, uh, and it took three days to get that taken care of. Um, there was not one positive development, Mark. It, it, to me, other than unless you're hot about Colin Kaepernick and the fact that that could happen, there wasn't one positive development about a Browns team that has a ton of dough, and all they saw was guys walk out the building and more negative stories come out and around the building. It was just a bad week for the team. Yeah, well, I mean, from a PR angle, because no week is – it's a weird week, I think, for football fans and for people that cover football because – we're judging winners based on who's the most active, typically, and who throws around the most money. Don't and mistake act activity for productivity. 
Well, I think that's fair. If you look at what, how most of this stuff like finishes out, she made like, the podium for the Texans. <laughs> yeah, I just I think if you're Cleveland though, and maybe what's what I would like to hope is happening behind the scenes is that they've said, look, going out and signing Olivier Vernon right now is not the wise move because by the time his contract ends, we're still not going to be there. I mean, that's that maybe that's not the way teams need to be able to keep throwing money at big players over and over, but I think that they are settling in for an absolute roster gutting. But isn't that part of – you don't have to necessarily go like the Jaguars route or the Giants route, but you know when you have this money and the, all the top players are out there – don't you want to go get somebody? Well, you wanna, here's the thing. The Jaguars happened. have had a couple of good drafts, and I think if Cleveland had a couple of good drafts, then you'd start to see the free agency approach. I think also, bottom line, you're talking about a front office that has pretty much never negotiated deals, and they probably were in over their heads. Let's see. Let's see. also see in a week or two. I mean, that's when free agency is over, and obviously you'd like to see in six months. A lot of teams haven't been that active. It's not like the Browns are the only one. And one of my big losers of the week is any reporter out there that used some corny ball, oh. money ball reference. Oh. Enough with the money. Oh, wow, I guess this is money ball, not signing any players. Money ball. <laughs> it's, so, it's, a, it's just like putting a sign around your neck that in, I'm a hack. That's what the whole money Also, ball I never is. read money, money ball. Right. It has nothing to do with money ball. Whatever it goes to. You want to make your Browns joke, make the Browns joke. That's fine. I'm not saying. You <laughs> Please, can, you can, by all means. Yeah, I'm, I support it. But it, the money ball thing. I, I'm done with the I money. I mean, Dan, you want to talk about – you had like 10 minutes where people were coming up yeah. to you about the Jets. I mean, it, it's that's basically from 6 a.m. Well, till 3 p.m. every well, single plus, day as a Browns fan we, in our office. Back, can we back, including can we back, from our production team. Can we back it up a second? When the season ended, Mark thought the Browns were in the worst situation that any franchise has ever been in the history. Two weeks later, everyone loves the Browns. Mark loves the Browns. Hugh Jackson, everything's great. Sashi Brown, this is really cool. Every, at the Combine, we all love the Browns. You know, it's like this is a great direction. Now the Browns are all terrible. It's like I don't think they're. I I, I think they're terrible if they blow it up in a year or two years. You've got to stick with it. I'm talking about sort of even the national conversation. Well, usually that it's reasonable for us to be skeptical and to make fun of them because they until they do it, it would they deserve to be mocked. It would be absurd to not be skeptical. Number one, I don't think anyone's saying. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. At some point, I th- I'm thinking more from the from the people that follow this team and have spent money going to these games. It's just it's a tiresome venture from December to January. But I would say there, I think to Wes's point, I'm not asking you guys to praise them ever. No, 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 not it. that. But it's like don't get on the the media and and football fans for burying the Browns. Get on the Browns for continuously putting crap out there year after year nah. and giving no doubt. But the they Browns put, they pour the, the, the fuel on the on fire. The, the, I mean, are you? T- there is no organization that takes more abuse in all of sports right now. So I mean, I don't. Nobody know Nobody deserves it, frankly. That's the that's, that's fine. Of, so it's a perfect fine, storm. But in it's, a way. it's a perfect storm. But yeah. you know, your Jets were not too far from the situation a few years yes. ago, and you who 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 emotionally invested in it, it was not easy. And I think from yeah. talking more for the fans, not that we who assess football cannot rip them. They deserve to be ripped, and they know that. Mine is My Moneyball thing is more going. That's been also, going there's on. a that's salary cap. It's been going football. on for 10 years. Anytime Moneyball. There can't right. be exactly. Moneyball. That's all. That's just right. yeah. There can't it's be Moneyball if there's a salary cap. Right. The whole so, premise, the whole well, well, you know. <laughs> anyway, those are the win- winners and losers. And, Greg, oh, you have wow. Yeah, you have a hot piece out there. It will be coming out. On yeah, NFL.com that you could check out where Greg really di- – and when Greg di- digs in, because there's a joy to Greg's writing about football. I mean, you're a football geek, and that's a that's a compliment. I like it. I I think it helps you get through get through those long days. You know, you gotta have the love for the game. Absolutely. So, <laughs> read more about winners and losers at NFL.com/slash. Greg's a football geek, and he's proud of it. And there's no reason why he should have any shame because it's okay to love something. Can I write a winners and losers column too? Please, please. Wes, don't step on my vanity <laughs> URL, please. <laughs> I was just getting. I'll call it up. something else. Sure. Heroes and villains. Well, no, that's already cornered. <laughs> that market's cornered. I'll call it. I'll find a name for it. Tom Coughlin's. Winner. Maybe Mark can lease out heroes and villains to you. I don't want to. No, Mark does an excellent job with that column, and it's one of my favorite reads. So I don't want to. I don't want to. I wouldn't do it justice. Spoiler alert: Tom Coughlin's a big loser. Watching all this money go out the door. Ooh, Here oh, we go. you know what, Greg? That quote can be knows, taken out of context. Everyone knows, Greg, where that's coming from. No, I like Tom Coughlin. Two games, both played in February, that were the AFC versus the NFC. 
And Tom Coughlin was the coach of the NFC team, and Bill Belichick was the coach of the AFC team. And in both those cases, something like this went down. I'm saying uh, a wait, great coach is jobbed. That happened. I don't know if you heard, but th this whole uh, thing doesn't make sense to throw to these. Why not? <laughs> That's what people were telling you. you some <laughs> feedback. Well, I was told that, Dan, you know, it was funny at first, but now it's a little petty. <laughs> Block them. A little bit petty. All right. So Block I still em. find Sorry, it, I ruined your ending. I still find it, it quite petty. funny. Continue on with it. All right. Before we get out of here, we'll check in now uh, with uh, the, the professors, the scientists, excuse me, of around the NFL. Uh, the top 99 countdown is now been whittled down because – uh, a lot of guys are off the board, but there's still some talent out there. So, um, Mark, uh, Greg, I'll start with you. Who, uh, let's see, I'm looking at the top five guys left. Eric Weddle, uh, Russell Okung, Reggie Nelson, Fitzmagic, and Chris Long. I'm a little surprised Chris Long's still out there. I thought he would have a better market. Uh, the top five guys. Who's off the board next? It's impossible to say. Put you in a tough spot. Okung is getting interest. Doesn't seem like he'll be out there for long. Chris Long got some interest from the Patriots. You want to give another winner for the week. How about the uh, top 99 list? 18 out of the top 20 were gone within 24 hours. It's crazy. It was just like they were picking through the list. Nice humble, the, to the top two guys. I hope not. Not even humble. The top two uh, guys on the list got the top two money. So teams are clearly just waiting for this list to come out. and then. Just <laughs> is, that, is that what it is? I like that. Uh, Wes, who on this list are you surprised has not been connected or been heard from really uh, now almost three days through free agency? I don't know if I'm surprised about any of them. Uh, Eric Weddle apparently has four teams after him. The Raiders are one. He's taking his time. Reggie Nelson's taking his time. People don't want over 30 safeties. Um, I think Reggie Nelson, I've only heard one team connected to him, so I'm not sure – if he's got much of a market after a Pro Bowl year. I think Fitzpatrick is interesting, obviously, to track. We've talked about him. Alden Smith, we'll see if that ever develops. That one jumps out to me. Arian Foster is a guy that has had no interest so far. He might not sign until July, and if you We're talking winners. Running backs were a winner. The NFL finally uh, decided to pay running backs a little bit again, and yet Arian Foster is still waiting. You know who well, I like? wouldn't you uh, – sorry, Mark. Wouldn't you, if you were a team, if you were Arian Foster, wait through your done rehabbing a blown Achilles yeah. before uh, showcasing yourself? I I'm, think I'm that's sure the he's expectation. Probably it might be, yeah, like a springtime signing. He's a guy – he's like kind of a sleeper in this whole offseason. I like me some Walter Thurman. Yeah. I know he's not high on this list. He's down at 37, but good season last year, played safety, and I, I – I don't know. There's, you know, there's a couple teams out there that I think he could fit fit with well. This what? happens to him every every March. He has flipped from team to team. So the last two years, we expected him to be signed earlier, but people don't trust him to stay healthy, and I think he doesn't fit every scheme. One team that doesn't read this list is the Eagles because they gave Rodney McLeod big time money uh, to replace Walter Thurman. Um, who gets signed first out of these uh, three triplets of um, uh, trouble? Junior Gallette? Alden Smith or Greg Hardy? Gallette. I'll say Gallette. I think the Redskins want to keep him. They haven't been able to figure out a contract. Yeah, Alden Smith's tricky because he's suspended for, what, the first half of next year? Yeah, he might not get signed the whole time. I put I him think, on there because I thought he was an interesting guy to keep in mind, but teams might just wait for that suspension. I think Greg Hardy's unsignable. Evan yeah, I mean, Mathis looks demonic in his headshot, by the way. Yes, you can see NFL.com slash free agency to see this list of players. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and by the way, just just so everybody knows, so I do get tweets about it occasionally, the L.A. Graybeards, listen, we're not thrilled, first of all, that we're sharing the Los Angeles market. I think uh, I think we were, were quite happy having Los Angeles to ourselves. Well, who are the Los Angeles Graybeards? Well, it's 80% like, of the list. By the way, they're probably going to finish ahead of the L.A. Rams. <laughs> Thank you for asking, Greg. The L.A. Graybeards are uh, my annual team that I piece together of free agents, veteran players um, that do not have a home, perhaps surprisingly so, and I give them a home. I, I uh, This is what, like in June or something? It'll be in April. It'll yeah, be okay. next month, early you April. you sign Greg Hardy as the general manager, Dan? I will not. I, I don't want to say anything right now. I'm trying to put the best team is out there. Is he even there. old enough? Uh, that's a great question, too. He might not qualify under the Graybeard's um, guidelines. But uh, I am tracking this, and I will be uh, 
Look out for content on this in a couple of weeks on the 2016 L.A. Graybeards. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like a season ticket renewal, like phone call. <laughs> Get ready for Graybeards action. Well, I did. I did kind of. I did kind of phone it in. So, <laughs> um, all right. So yeah, check out the remaining free agents. Check out all the content. Greg's piece. Uh, follow the around the NFL. If you feel like it. If you feel like it. Uh, news page to stay up to date on the news and on the Fitzpocalypse and everything else that's going on in the NFL. We will be back on Monday with another week of shows. We just keep coming at you. It's almost it's almost insane. Gluttonous. Yeah, how much content we are pumping out because we love to be in communication with our beloved listeners. So thank you to everyone uh, for listening. Uh, until next weekend. Thought we were getting into some sandwich. Oh, yeah. Brandon, you wanted to touch on, um, because this is the first time you made a sandwich run. Yes. And I did give you a heads up that Mark's sandwich is a little different than most of ours. Yeah, no. It was, you wanted uh, to share the ingredients of the sandwich. Well, <laughs> it sounded like an excellent sandwich to me. It was uh, custom Are you a vegetarian? Veggie. No, oh. I'm not. It just sounds good. It's a custom veggie sandwich with uh, multi-grain ciabatta, mm-hmm. pepper jack cheese, mm-hmm. romaine lettuce, okay. tomatoes, Cucumbers, okay. green olives, mm. pickles, red onions, jalapenos, okay. salt and pepper with some Dijon mustard. Whoa, so exotic. Where's the beef? Dan's never heard of a sandwich like this. I mean, where? Yeah, where's where's the real stuff? Well, I'm vegetarian, so I wouldn't be eating like part of an animal's body. <laughs> How about that? A pig's toe. The green olives, I would definitely hold the green olives personally. Oh, come on now. You would not I'm just su- like that? I'm just surprised all. Mark found so many different ingredients that were actually food that he lo- that he likes to eat. That's actually all the food that Mark <laughs> likes. That is, sandwich. you know what? <laughs> you know, we have Mark in a, back in a better mood at the end of the week. It is Greg. one Let's of the most absurd it. subplots is Greg's critique of my diet. <laughs> and it is we're into year five of this at this point. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you for everybody listening. This is Dan Hansa signing off for The Quiet Storm. The mailman, the boss, the Irishman behind the glass. Great first week back, buddy. Till Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.